This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com, as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. Welcome in, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network, Recruit Nuts, calling all Recruit Nuts. You know what today is. You know what tomorrow is. It's the eve of December, National Signing Day, and we're here to catch you up and get you ready for everything that's going to happen tomorrow that we know about and what might happen tomorrow that we don't know about. Will there be a surprise or two out there waiting in the weeds for the Gamecocks, the Tigers? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Clemson looks pretty well set with uh, their class. There's maybe a couple of things hanging out there for Clemson. South Carolina, pretty well set with their high school group. Their portal group remains a little bit in flux. We're going to talk all about that coming up tonight here on Sports Talk. Our phone number, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number. To reach us here on the program, Phil Cornblue, Pat Daniel at our Columbia Studios. Chris Bergen, probably, let's see, it's 6.06 here, and they flew out of Charleston about 5.45 this morning for Honolulu. My guess is he's sitting on a beach somewhere in Hawaii. I saw pictures of the Coastal football team having landed in Hawaii. Of course, they went out yesterday. And hotel, the shot from their hotel right on right on the beach. You ever been to Hawaii, Pat? Never? Yeah, same here. Would like to. One thing Bergie's going to do is visit the uh, Pearl Harbor, of course, the Pearl Harbor in the uh, Arizona Museum and exhibit, museum. Um, So it's not only going to be a uh, work trip for him with the Chanticleers, but a little vacation and also some education as well. Uh, We won't be hearing from him while he's out there because, well, first of all, the time's not going to work real well. They don't play when they play their game. uh, It's like 1030 our time. I think that's like 530 or so local time, 1030 our time when the shots play their game. So the um, the stage is set now for a National Signing Day December version tomorrow. And I think the, the big news of the day, well, first of all, Clemson got a couple of commitments. A couple of commitments from guys that you're not going to go wow over because they're typical late, late recruiting season Dabo Sweeney signees. You know, he always has a guy or two. Not heavily recruited. Maybe there's a connection to him through uh, through a dad or a mom or a family member. But they're good football players. And they don't come in and hurt you. You don't have to worry about them academically. You don't have to worry about them transferring. They're going to be all in from the day they, they step on campus. They're not necessarily all that heavily recruited. And that's the case of the two guys that the Tigers signed today or got commitments from today. 
One is a safety out of Rome, Georgia, Joe Wilkerson, who had been committed to Appalachian State. He's the second player the Tigers have flipped from Appalachian State. So, you know, make of that as you will. I think that, to me, best gauge of what college coaches think about you, the best gauge is the offers that you have, the committable offers that you have. Where could you have gone? Uh, So, but then again, as we've seen, players transferring up just because you start out on the FCS or the uh, the group of five level or division two, it doesn't mean that you are assigned that for your entire career. Not if you develop and become a better football player. So um, in this particular case, they got a, a young man here. I think there's some connections between his, his family and, and Sweeney somewhere in the background there. And, uh, they offered him late. He came in for a visit last weekend, and he decommitted from Appalachian yesterday and commits to Clemson today. And so his offer list was not uh, overwhelming by any means. Uh, but good-looking player on the hoof, like 6'2", about 210 pounds, I think, somebody that you think you can probably develop. And one day, you know, it's like a Nolan Turner. Remember Nolan Turner when Clemson signed him because – well, number one, they liked him as a football player, but number two, his dad and Sweeney had been, uh, I think, roommates, teammates, if not roommates, at Alabama. I think he turned out to be a pretty good football player uh, after some time at Clemson. Um, so that's one. And then the Tigers also today got a commitment from a linebacker, not heavily recruited, from Olney, Maryland, by the name of C.J. Kuba Taylor. Again, a guy that uh, looks good on paper. He's got good size, but does not have an overwhelming offer list that you're going to go, wow, beat Ohio State, beat Alabama, beat Michigan. No, 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 not the case. But a guy that might have been a late bloomer, a late developer, he was not the the linebacker that the Tigers wanted originally in this class. They had their eyes set on Bradley Shaw. Looks like out of Hoover, Alabama. Looks like he might be headed to Arkansas or somewhere else. So they brought in C.J. Kuba Taylor for a visit over the weekend. They offered him at the beginning of the visit and uh, ended up getting his commitment today. So, again, another guy that's not all that heavily uh, recruited, but a guy that they think no doubt they can develop into a quality player in the years to come. So that is uh, the incoming news for Clemson. The outcoming news is that their safety, one of their safeties, uh, Landon Zanders, is in the portal, played in 25 games, had 41 tackles over the years. Uh, did he miss all of this season? I, yeah, I was about to jump in if you yeah. did not mention him. and that's a, Let's make sure we represent this right. He retired from football. That's right, yeah. He had previously retired. He suffered three different significant shoulder injuries and was still, I believe, a student at Clemson, but and it graduated, excuse me, but um, has eligibility remaining, but had officially, at the time, retired from football. But now he posted a statement today that he's still got the itch, and mm-hmm. I guess good for him has been medically cleared, which is terrific news, but he will be going somewhere else. It will not be playing at Clemson. Okay. Uh, the other big news today that we hit on with what's happened with South Carolina and their portal quarterbacking, uh, quarter, their portal recruiting of quarterbacks, you know, what happened there with A.J. Swan ended up not coming to South Carolina but going to LSU, announcing that yesterday. So that put South Carolina back in the market looking for a, a quarterback. And 
Malachi Nelson told us this afternoon that he has interest in South Carolina, and then it was later reported by uh, Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports that there had been contact between South Carolina and Nelson and some other schools. And, um, you know, the fact that Nelson corresponded with me, said he is interested, said that, uh, you know, he has seen how South Carolina has produced quarterbacks. Obviously, he's thinking of Spencer Rattler. But this is a major talent. Boy, if South Carolina could get their hands on this guy, there's no question this is a major talent. If my memory's right, I think he skipped. Did he not come out early? Didn't he move up and maybe skipped a year, skipped his last year of high school, uh, went to Southern Cal, only played in one game this year. So they redshirted him, but he only played in one game, only threw three passes. But in high school, uh, he threw like 70 touchdown passes to 17 interceptions, had over 5,000 passing yards. Uh, from California, he's a California kid. So, and we'll see where this leads for South Carolina if they can, if they can become more involved with him, get him in for a visit. Now it's dead right now, but there is another week open for uh, transfer visits beginning January second. So you'll have some time uh, to bring them in then. Whatever visits you can line up out of the portal, I believe that begins on January second. And uh, lasts for about a week, I think. So they'll have a chance to bring in some others. Um, and it's only transfers. It's not any of the high school guys at that point. But uh, how interesting would that be if South Carolina could get seriously involved with uh, one of the nation's uh, top quarterbacks from the 2023 class, get him on campus? Um, and again, you know, I see you know people reacting, well, what about Lenora Sellers? What about Lenora Sellers? Well, I mean, listen, he's a – Coming out of high school and the little bit that you saw of him at South Carolina this season, you know, he showed flashes. He's got he's got ability, no question about it. But they've got to um, – I think they are determined to add a veteran quarterback uh, to their quarterback room because they are so, so young. Uh, I mean, look at Clemson. Clemson was in the same boat this year, really, when you think about it, because all you had was Klubnik in terms of – and he wasn't a veteran – he played a, a, a little bit here, a little bit there last year before he took over in the ACC championship game in the bowl game. But that was pretty much the extent of it. Yeah, he had some emergency duty here and there, but not all that much. Then behind him, you really had nobody who had played anything. So, And, they, of course, they chose not to do anything about it. Uh, they brought in Paul Tyson, but we all know that was nothing more than just to, again, as Sweeney has explained, Tyson wants to be a coach and, they're going to keep his arm limber, his arm loose, but they didn't expect him to play when they brought him in, and they're not expecting him to play moving forward. You got Trent Pierman as well. But they, you know, Clemson did not address their quarterback room then or now when it comes to uh, another quarterback out of the portal. For that matter, Clemson hasn't addressed anything uh, on their team out of the portal at this point. Right now, they've just got high school commitments. They don't have any any junior college transfers or any uh, portal transfers uh, to speak of. So there is still one hanging out there. I need to check on him to see if anything has happened with him. Addison Nichols, a transfer from Tennessee. If you get a chance, take a take a gander on Twitter at that, Pat, and see if he's done anything. Hadn't seen anything as of the time I uh, left the house this afternoon. That would be one that they're after. And, of course, they do have the tra- the, the, the Duke commitment that they are um, 
trying to trying to flip from Duke, the offensive lineman, and um, who is in for an official visit. That would be, but that's not a that's not a transfer situation. That is just a a true high school guy who you're trying to flip from Duke because of the coaching change at Duke, Mason Wade, and we still don't have any word from him. Uh, going to sign tomorrow. Uh, I'm seeing here he just tweeted signing day tomorrow. 315 but i would imagine so you got to remember when kids put out these times like 315 four o'clock uh, by and large uh they've already signed and sent their papers in and the school's going to announce them they're just going to have a ceremonial signing uh at the school i dabo swinney gets things done earlier than 315 i think he has press conference around of course he can always you know not mention anything and say we still are we're still waiting on somebody um but 315 is when mason wade plans to do his thing uh tomorrow what you got pat see something i was just gonna say reading between the we're trying to read the tea leaves here a little bit with Dabo sweeney and what he has said in the past regarding the transfer portal now i know last year was a little different circumstance because the tigers were actually over the threshold of scholarships, so they didn't really have the flexibility to even try to go out if they wanted to bring in some guys from the portal. But Dabo Sweeney did mention that this year he might he might try to. I can't help but wonder if he's waiting until after the spring, because he does always talk about how much he likes to put an emphasis on the guys he recruits and the incoming players. And now if he waits until after the spring, he'll have a better assessment of where his program is actually going into the season. Well, here we go. Addison Nichols, just seeing this, he committed to Arkansas, where he took an official visit over the weekend after visiting Clemson prior to going to Arkansas. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Clemson has failed miserably in recruiting the portal. Maybe it's because they don't make a a true effort with these guys. Maybe it's the NIL deals aren't great enough, but Everywhere they have reached since the portal came into play, and that they've stuck, they've they've stuck their toe in the in the portal sewage water. <laughs> that's my terms. Uh, they've missed. So here's another one that they had at one point, I guess, felt good about, but they don't get him. He's going to go to Arkansas. So do we know if official offers go out? Like, is it reported as much as when we hear about high school recruits? If Clemson or South Carolina or Coastal, like, do we know how many of these? young men Clemson officially offered a scholarship to? Well, I don't think you bring him in. A, pro- a transfer is not coming unless he's been offered. He's not coming on a visit unless he's been offered or know he's going to get an offer because that's a waste of his time. He's transferring to find another place. He's already got a place. He's leaving a place. So he's not coming if you're not going to make him an offer. So you can. And, and one thing about transfers, they, they basically go dark. Most, 99% of them, except, you know, behind-the-scenes type stuff where they've got people around them who are leaking stuff, but they themselves, shoot, 99% of them just go absolutely dark. You can't get anything from them. They don't post anything until they make a decision. They don't really talk about their visits. They don't talk about their offers all that much. Some do, not many. I'd say 99% don't. And um, so, again, yeah, this is one Clemson wanted because they lose Will Putnam at center. This guy can play center. He's an interior lineman. He's a center. And they had him in for a visit. They had to kind of get him in sort of last minute. They kind of got him a little bit late um, and got him in on Friday or Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. He left on 
Then he went Friday out to Arkansas. See, Arkansas had the last visit. They had the whole weekend with him. That obviously uh, made the difference with him. So uh, he is headed to uh, Arkansas. All right. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, hang on one second. Turn to transfer. Uh, touched base with uh, Daniel Hill today. Touched base with Daniel Hill. I'm trying to talk and type at the same time. Clemson, um, and, and I'm not doing a good job on either one, he said that South Carolina is still in play with him. Uh, so that's all I got out of him, said South Carolina. I said, South Carolina still in play? He goes, yeah. And that was that, um, which kind of surprises me in that South Carolina, I'm a little surprised South Carolina is still pursuing him because they've already taken three commitments out of the portal you know at running back so if you got three running back commitments coming in and you've got a high school running back coming in that's four and you got two running backs returning right now that's six so and and Daniel Hill's supposed to be a, a an elite high school running back that would make seven let's just say you got him that would make seven so I was a little surprised that uh, that the interest is still there both ways. Now, maybe, I don't know, Tennessee, Alabama, uh, Mississippi State is the latest entrance with him. And um, uh, to say South Carolina is still uh, in the hunt must mean they're still in contact, and uh, there's a chance that he might sign with them tomorrow. So, I'm sorry. Well, he might sign tomorrow, but he's not announcing until January 6th. So you're not going to know anything on Daniel Hill because he's waiting to uh, hold his announcement until the All-American game that he's playing in. So that's going to remain dark, a dark secret, until he finally announces in January. But the Gamecocks are, are still in the hunt there. Okay. Phil, how about this, too? A lot of fans out here of the show might remember this name, hmm. mainly because of a particular tattoo he put on his body to solidify his commitment, Corey Foreman. Yeah. Remember that name? Yeah. He uh, had committed to Clemson, was one of the highest regarded prospects coming out of high school several years ago. I'll be honest, I I don't pay that much attention to the Pac-12 on the East Coast, to, to be real, but I uh, haven't heard that much about him. He's entering the portal. Again? Again. Because he went from Oregon to Southern, was it Oregon to Southern Cal or Southern Cal to Oregon? Oregon to Southern Cal. Yeah. And so he is, he is at Southern Cal. He uh, is now entering the portal. Again. Did he do much? That's what I was getting. I don't – let's see if I can find some stats on him real fast. Yeah. Offhand, I'm, I'm – if he did, he did it fairly quietly. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't recall hearing all that much about him. What do you see? 20, um, I wonder if he was injured this year. 2023, no stats really to show for. He had uh, one sack on the season. He has a total of – wow, 14 – 25 sa- – uh, sorry, 25 tackles in three years and um, – one interception, two and a half sacks, and those all came his his uh, freshman season. So we could conclude that he was misjudged by the recruiting analysts. Seems that way. Based on performance. I mean, let's go by performance. Uh, he obviously was overrated and not worth, the, uh, not worth the effort. Okay, hang on a second here. I just saw something pop up. And he was not at Oregon, unless he decommitted from them as well. I'm, I'm just seeing stats here from 2021, 22, and 23, all at Southern Cal. But either way, he's back in the portal. Okay, he was, but he was not. You said he was at Oregon, or he, didn't he sign with Oregon? No, 
I thought it was always Southern Cal. I just didn't okay. want to correct you. I wasn't sure. Okay, okay. All right, phone number 888-898-2525. When we take a couple of phone calls here, we know South Carolina's got basketball tonight. The Gamecocks take on Winthrop at the uh, Colonial Life Arena. Uh, that game will be tipping off at about 7 o'clock. And, you know, the Gamecock basketball team, I'm going to touch on this for a moment, they squeezed out a win the other day over Charleston Southern. And uh, before that, the Gamecocks squeezed out a win at East Carolina. Now, their record looks good. They're 9-1. and one. But I don't know that since the second half of the second half of the Clemson game, and they had that lead on Clemson, and then Clemson surpassed them and won the game. So since then, they have played East Carolina. They played Charleston Southern. They beat East Carolina by six. They beat Charleston Southern by four. Two not very good teams. And my point is, since the second half of the second half of the Clemson game, I don't know that this South Carolina team has played all that great basketball. Uh, they look very good in beating George Washington, a good GW team. They look very good in beating a not-so-good Notre Dame team. They look very good in beating a good Grand Canyon team. Um, so I'm just, I'm just wondering about this team. They've got a chance to um, have a nice record going into league play. they got Winthrop, Elon, and Florida A&M at home. That should be three wins. They should be 12-1 and one going into league play. But are they that good? You know, are they that good? I'm starting to wonder after these last two performances. Let's see how it goes for them tonight at home against Winthrop. And the USC women are playing tonight at Bowling Green. Former USC assistant coach is now the head coach at Bowling Green. So I'm just assuming that's why they are playing Bowling Green as a a gift from Dawn Staley uh, to her former assistant coach. Let's see what else we have tonight. We got a pretty good amount of basketball. We got um, we got the Clemson women hosting Air Force. They got Furman hosting Presbyterian, and we have got uh, uh, Charleston Southern playing at Loyola Chicago, and we've got the Citadel playing at Notre Dame tonight. So good bit of good bit of uh, basketball. Uh, more in recruiting coming up. Let's go to Tiger Bryan, Lancaster. First caller tonight. Been a little while. It's good to have you with us, Tiger Bryan. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm going to tell you all something, yo. All this transfer, that portal, John, as you call it, yes, as sir. I call it. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, I take my Tigers because you know what Dabo does? He uh, he gets – look at the uh, freshman – uh, true freshmen play for us this year. They balled. We get ballers. Hmm. We don't. We don't got to get no daggum uh, wash up quarterbacks or this that and other or running backs or this that and other from other teams like South Carolina does to try to make a game. I mean, we 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 make. Hey, we we make the kids. We make kids out of men. Yeah. No, you make and the yeah. men out of kids. That's, yeah. That's exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> but you know, you know what gets me? I get so tired here about this transfer portal. Yeah. It's, hey, they don't want to transfer from Clips because they ain't getting a play. Cause you know why? These little young, these young bucks come in. Hey, 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 true freshmen balling. I mean, 
I mean, it just makes me sick of this transfer portal. Yeah. I mean, and it's all about money. You know, you know, I love you, uh, Corn Blue, because, mm-hmm. hey, you uh, you called it the whole time when it started. They pay. They pay it's a pay-to-play now. I mean, I mean, it's sad, but but my my Tigers are gonna be there next year. You watch and see. Well, I tell you, they are excited about their young players, uh, especially on defense. Uh, they had some young guys uh, forced to step up and play, and and they played well. So, I mean, Dabo Swinney talks about the portal, but he wants nothing to do with the portal. I mean, actions are louder than words. And once again, we're going to go to signing day. And thank you, Tiger Brian. Going to go to signing day, and Clemson's not going to have anything to do with a transfer coming in. But if you like the players you got, you like the players you got, and you develop them. Be back after the break. Take more calls. Back we are, Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Kornblute, Pat Daniel with you here on this Tuesday night, the eve, National Signing Day of 2023 for December. We'll be up We'll be up with the chickens in the morning. Don't really like doing that, but we'll do it. What time do you normally get up, Pat? 10 o'clock, 10.30? Mm, 6.15, 6.30. Really? Well, I'll be up with you tomorrow. I work 7.30 to 9.15 every single day. Hard-working young man. It's good for you. That's right. Hard work is good for you. Don't ever apologize for working hard. Uh, so we'll be up early with Pat and uh, the chickens and everybody else watching as, well, things have changed so much. Basically, we just repeat what the schools put out as they get their signed um, national Letters of intent in LI can't you know so typical of colleges you got NIL name image likeness of course before that you had NIL no you had NLI national letter of intent you would think they'd come up with something not so close so it wouldn't be so confusing because you know people get confused between the two you have to stop and think about it hmm. uh, but as those come in the schools will tweet it out. You know, they do their own business, and then we'll just retweet what they put out uh, and watch as some players making decisions, put those out, have their announcements, whatever. Uh, typically, typically, now Clemson gets theirs done pretty quick, uh, starting at 7 o'clock, usually by about 10, 30, 11. They're wrapped up. They've got all their NLIs in-house and Dabo Sweeney uh, and the Clemson uh, Radio Network people, they do an online show that commences about 9 o'clock where they interview all the coaches and they like to be able to talk about the players they have signed by position with those position coaches. So they try to get their stuff done and in-house as quickly as possible. In South Carolina, of course, they want their guys signed as quickly as possible too. Of course, there could be a couple of lingering things. Now, as far as the transfers are concerned, they don't sign anything. You see, people think they're going to be signing tomorrow. Transfers don't sign. Transfers just show up. That seems crazy to me. They don't sign anything. 
I don't believe so. What, what are they going to sign? You only sign one NLI in your career. After that, you sign scholarship papers, which binds the school to you, but not you to the school. What that says is, you come here, we're going to give you a scholarship. But that doesn't mean you got to go. You can still go somewhere else. Wow, so the school has to honor it, but the student-athlete does not. Correct. Interesting. That's my understanding. That's always been my understanding until I'm told otherwise. And, again, I don't think the schools, I don't think the schools release anything on uh, transfers because they're not in school. They've got to get enrolled, and then they have to show up on campus. Um, I'm just trying to think about last year with South Carolina and the transfer guys. I don't think they put them on their list until the February signing date because by then, you know, they were in school. They were on scholarship. They were accounted for. Uh, South Carolina has not produced a check today on their website. They have not produced a 2024 roster yet. So all they've got up is their 2023 roster. They don't have the 2024 roster there. So, again, there are some things to, uh, to wait on as we look ahead to signing day tomorrow. Also want to mention this. Greg Biggins, 24-7, out on the West Coast, talked to Malachi Nelson's dad today. And he said they were inundated with phone calls. About 50 schools have contacted them. Wow. Yeah. So you knew that was going to be the case. I mean, he's a tremendous talent. And they're going to take their time and kind of, of course, weed, weed out schools. And then when the live period opens back up in January, um, they would like to take at least three official visits and then pick a school. So at all those schools, they're going to go to three for official visits. Now, why would South Carolina have a chance? couple things here. Number one, Nelson originally committed to Oklahoma when uh, when Lincoln Riley was at Oklahoma. And I believe, I'd have to look at the years, uh, if he committed to Riley at Oklahoma in like maybe 22 or 21, I mean, Beamer was there. Uh, at least I, I bet you when Beamer was there and they were recruiting him maybe when he was younger – there might have been a bit of a connection. But the other thing here, too, is um, you wonder, you think maybe Lincoln Riley has put in a good word for Shane Beamer with his former quarterback. If he said, okay, you're leaving here, well, go take a look at South Carolina with Shane Beamer. I'm just thinking out loud. Maybe he has, maybe he hadn't. But there's a connection there with Riley and Beamer, of course. Maybe that would work in South Carolina's favor in this case. So the the bottom line here is – they're going to um, take a look at things and decide on three schools and then take official visits. Now, also, if you're South Carolina, you have to think about this. You've got Lenore South. Now, this is different than, say, it appears K.J. Jefferson in South Carolina, nothing's going to materialize there. The Arkansas transfer uh, looks like he's looking elsewhere. He's a one-and-done guy. And I don't think that situation kind of damages your roster with the younger guys in the room as much as having a younger guy coming in. So now you're South Carolina. You've got Lenore Sellers. You've got Dante Reno, who's going to sign tomorrow. And you've also got a 2026 quarterback committed, but you're also heavily involved with one of the top quarterbacks in 2025 in Ryan Montgomery. And, I mean, you're down, you know, you're one of the few with him. It's you and it's Auburn and it's Florida right now. Um, And so – if you bring in a, let's just say South Carolina got very fortunate and landed Malachi Nelson. 
I mean, this is Spencer Rattler all over again, I think, in terms of the reputation and the talent, right? I think it's like Spencer Rattler um, chapter two. So you do wonder. You do have to think about how is this going to impact the other quarterbacks in the room. Yes, it's open to competition. Sure, Spencer Rattler was open to competition. Really? Was there ever going to be anybody else starting at quarterback at South Carolina when Spencer Rattler stepped on campus? That was all lip service. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I got to believe that, you know, competition is, yeah, we're going to have competition, but we know how the competition is going to end. What you got? Just to follow up on what you were talking about a minute ago regarding that timeline. So it looks like Malachi Nelson first committed to Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma in July of 2021. And then Lincoln Riley was hired. Remember, Shane Beamer was already at South Carolina at that point. Okay. And uh, Lincoln Riley was then hired by Southern Cal in November or December. Or I guess that would have been December of uh, – no, actually it was on November 28th. So either way, to your point, though, you got to think they didn't just – they as in Oklahoma did not just start recruiting him in 2021. They Correct. had to have been yep. recruiting him long before that. And so you certainly would think that Shane Beamer would have been involved – at at some stage or there would have been some kind of connection there and and something else that's interesting about this with that connection it's just a year ago now that starting running back for the Gamecocks Marshawn Lloyd committed to Southern Cal and Lincoln Riley in the Mm -hmm. transfer portal Mm -hmm. so it would almost be poetic justice for a Southern Cal player to now commit to South Carolina you would think you would think that would be uh, what goes around comes around you know is that a fair trade you think what do you think if we were doing this in trade terms the Gamecocks trade a starting running back to now you're getting back a future prospect in starting quarterback. So one's proven, well, one's I would, not. I would say if we're talking trades, if that's just a one-on-one trade based on the importance of the position and who can do what for you, I would say South Carolina gets the better end of that deal. If Malachi Nelson, if he ends up at South Carolina, if this is all nothing more than just uh, – um, you know us flapping our lips here sure if he actually does show up at south carolina um you're you're setting yourself up for a couple you know couple years at least couple years at least at of high level quarterback play at least so i mean based on the kids high school reputation you know that's what we're going on the high school reputation um if if he if he is as good as they say he was in high school and his numbers 70 some odd touchdowns to 17 interceptions and over 5,000 yards, it's pretty impressive. Uh, back to the phones, 888-898-2525. David in Orangeburg, welcome in, sir. Good to have you with us. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Hope, hope you all are also. Yes, sir. Um, with, the bowl, with the bowl season upon us and the opt-outs are starting um, and – from what I hear, the biggest reason for opt out is to avoid injury and save yourself for NFL. With, with that premise in mind, uh, I was just curious, uh, your opinions, how much havoc is opt outs going to cause in the, when they start the playoffs? Because in the playoffs, Going through the playoffs, you you are going to be, the chances of being injured are going to be ramped up significantly. I was wanting y'all's opinion. I enjoyed the show. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. Uh, you know, I don't know of uh, too many frontline players, starters, who have opted out from the playoff teams. Obviously, Texas lost a backup quarterback who hadn't played very much. Um, but I can't think of too many other opt-outs from the playoff teams to this point. Um, Alabama's had a couple of backup defensive linemen to opt out. Again, these aren't front-line players. Reserve defensive linemen to opt out. Alabama has. Hadn't heard of any from Washington. Um, so, yeah, I I, um, I can't think of any. Have you any, any of significance at this point? I have not, and I'm trying to even think from years past. It seems almost like those playoff games are kind of separate. Like, that's not something you want to miss. Right. Even this year, having Malik Murphy at, uh, I believe that's his name, at Texas, the backup right. quarterback, mm-hmm. entering the portal. But there have been reports that have come out that Texas actually allowed him the opportunity if he still wanted to participate because he, quote-unquote, did everything the right way regarding the portal. But I guess he chose not to. And I really can't think of many from years past. I found a good resource here. If you'll give me a moment, I might be able to find us find us an answer here. But uh, but nothing really. Oh, here we go. Here's one for Washington. Dylan Morris. He's a quarterback, but obviously not the starter. Uh, that's Michael Penix Jr. So I'm not sure where he is on that depth chart. But but here for that. Okay, so that's in the Sugar Bowl. Now for the Rose Bowl. Wow, okay. Shame on me. Alabama has three. Isaiah Hastings, who's a defensive lineman. Backup. Tyler Buckner, backup, quarterback. Mm -hmm. Wow, and he just transferred there to follow his offensive coordinator from Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. He's back in the portal. And then, I'm going to mispronounce this, apologies, Anquin Barnes, Mm -hmm. defensive lineman. Backup. There you go. And he just committed somewhere else. He he visited, uh, uh, did he, uh, I think South Carolina had some interest in him. He might have, I think he visited. I think he visited. I have to look at my notes, but I think he visited South Carolina, but he ended up going somewhere else. All right, thank you for your phone call. 888 898 South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. After the top of the hour break, we'll give you the complete recruiting uh, recap from uh, today and look ahead to things tomorrow. Also, coming up after the break, we're going to hear from Clemson running back Will Shipley. Of course, he has to make a decision. Speaking of decisions, he hasn't made a decision. Will he stay or will he go? For Will, that is the question there. You know, everybody likes the next guy, and Phil Moffa stepped up, did a really nice job. But Will Shipley is a talented player who helps your team in three different ways, running the ball, catching the ball, and returning kickoffs. So you might want to keep him if you can. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com.
I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. The lottery is not about getting rich. It's about helping people, and it always has been. The lottery is what helped raise the Great Wall of China, build the roads of Rome, and today in South Carolina, it's what generates millions of dollars each year for scholarships like the SC Hope, Life, and Palmetto Fellows. The South Carolina Education Lottery is investing in you. Visit sceducationlottery.com slash better you to learn more. We're with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer, let's say I'm out in the woods or I'm on the water and I need to reach a DNR agent. How do I do that? Operation Game Thief, Phil. It's been around 30 plus years. You can call us at our 24-hour hotline any time of day, 1-800-922-5431. To report wildlife violations or to get help if you're in trouble in the woods or on the water, call us at Operation Game Thief, 1-800-922-5431. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. All right, Clemson football team still at practice, uh, as in they're practicing this time of the week. I think, uh, in fact, today might have been might have been their uh, their last day of practice. Maybe they're taking a break. If I remember from what Sweeney said, uh, they're off, and then they are going to um, reconvene in Jacksonville on Christmas Eve, which is Sunday, and then I think they practice. Uh, around Christmas, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or maybe it's Monday, Tuesday, and then the next media session would be Wednesday. So, Will Shipley met with the media earlier in the the bowl practice uh, sessions, and this was last week, and of course, foremost on everybody's mind with him, what are your future plans? Are you coming back to Clemson for another year? Are you going to transfer to another school? Are you just going to go and turn pro? So that's a good bit of what they talked about. Here's Will Shipley. Yeah, you know, for for my family and I, it's uh, it's something that 
you know, I, I think I think we we wish we could have an answer by now, but you know, it just hasn't come to me. Um, and you know, I knew that that I wanted to play in the bowl game. You know, there's there's no doubt. You know, I wanted to get out there with my my boys uh, at least one more time and um, just go out there, finish the season on the on the right note with five wins. Um, you know, in a row and. Uh, yeah, but but ultimately, just you know, haven't haven't come to a decision yet. You know, m- my family and I, and me personally, uh, just haven't. N- nothing's too clear for me right now. So. We heard that you know, during that blue game against, against South Carolina that you were one of the sick ones. Um, what was that week like? <laughs> yeah, it was horrible to be honest. With you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I uh, went to bed Sunday not feeling too great was hoping it was just going to be something quick but you know woke up Monday morning feeling feeling pretty bad uh you know went in tested positive for the flu um and wasn't sure kind of how the the week was going to progress but tried to get out there on Thursday you know just couldn't get through practice cause just wasn't feeling well still um but you know ultimately decided we were gonna you know still make the, the, the trip to Columbia um you know do what we could to get get me ready for the game Saturday and uh you know w- was just able to make it happen H- huge shout out to the, the you know training staff and, and everybody that you know kind of helped me get there, um, but yeah, you know, was just able to go out there win the state championship, which is is all we wanted to do. So it was, it was a great time. What percentage we put on like where like you were in that game, like compared to normal, yeah, you know, it's just so tough. I mean, um, you know, because you talk about the physical and mental side of the game. You know, mentally, I was I was fully there. You know, I was able to get caught up with, you know, Phil, especially being my, my roommate, helping me out. Coach Spiller doing a great job with me. Coach Riley. Um, you know, physically, I'd, I'd say you know, I, I really hadn't run all week. So I, I couldn't put a, a number on it. I'd say anywhere from probably 50 to 75% going out there. I mean, just hadn't hadn't gotten uh, any physical preparation during the week. So wasn't too sure what I was going to get when I went out there. But, you know, another a huge shout out to Coach Spiller. Um, shows how how great of a job he does managing um, you know his room and and all the reps with with everything going on. So huge shout out to him. Was that the worst you felt played a game physically though? Would you say would that be the worst? Yeah, no doubt. Oh, the 100%. Um, you know, I, I try to think back to another game I've had like that, but, um, you know, that was definitely the, the the most sick that I've been leading up to a game and, and also during a game, you know, just would, would go two or three plays and, and, you know, just felt the urge to, um, you know, throw up, get off the field. I mean, it was, it was, it was a tough, tough weekend and then kind of set me back a little bit. So I had to, had to get back, you know, early, early the next week, the week after the South Carolina game, but hey, we, 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 get, we got the job done. So I I was happy. <laughs> How do you push yourself through that mentally during the game when you feel like you got to puke every other play? Yeah, you know, it's tough, but, you know, you look out there and, and you see Phil struggling too from having to go, you know, 9, 10, 11 play drive straight. So, um, you know, Coach Sweeney actually showed us a video this week that, that summed it up tremendously. Um, and it's just like, ultimately what would you do or the the greatest teams the greatest competitors are going to dig deep and find a way to uh, fight for their brother beside them so um, you know I'd say Phil uh, you know firsthand and then you know just all my other teammates going out there knowing what they sacrificed for me um, especially just not being able to go out there Monday through Thursday practice wise you know I'm I just miss being out there with the guys so you know just ultimately wanted to get out there and 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 play with them and help them out as much as I could. Yeah, not being 100% your last game to have this, this whole game, which you don't know if you will be your last game here or not. I mean, how eager are you, I guess, to play in that game? 
Yeah, it's been great. Uh, it's been great just getting out there to even practice with uh, with the guys. Um, you know, first kind of full week back with it even being finals week. But um, you know, we'll we'll kind of disconnect at the early part of next week and get a little time with the families at, at home or wherever you know the players choose to be. And then we get to the bull site. We got a, a Tanoga Christmas. I mean, freaking incredible, right? We're just. Um, you know, me personally, I'm just so excited to get out there. Like you said, don't know if it's going to be my last opportunity or not. Um, so we're just going to make the absolute most of it, um, you know, soak it all in and, and uh, go out there and just try to make the biggest impact that I can. Yeah, Will, Larry Williams, Tiger Illustrated. Uh, apologies if you've already addressed this, but the decision, is it strictly coming back to Clemson or NFL, or is it also a transfer possibility? Just curious yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great question. And, you know, with, with uh, where I am at, at this point in the process, you know, it's either to move on to the next level, um, you know, being the NFL or staying back and, and you know, continuing to be a Clemson Tiger. Um, you know, transferring is just not something that my family and I, um, you know, think we represent as a family. Not saying that it's not a great option for some people, but for me in my position uh, where I'm at, you know, it's, it's either uh, on to the big leagues or, you know, staying back at Clemson University and, and being a Tiger for one more year. All right, uh, Will Shipley, and look for him to have a a good game against Kentucky. I think they'll have a chance to get the ball in his hands in a variety of ways, and he can produce yards against a Kentucky defense that was pretty good against the run uh, this past season. But I think Shipley, and I look for Clemson to win that game. We'll talk more about that coming up. But real quick, we got an off-the-air call that Pat took from an informant, <laughs> but he gave us a couple of pieces to think about, pieces of information to think about. And this is a fairly well-informed caller who had a long conversation with us last night. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Mm. Let me start this music. I'm trying to multitask here. Yep. So he he said specifically look at the rosters of Alabama and Michigan, and he believes there's a backup quarterback between those two rosters with serious interest to come to South Carolina and the Gamecocks. Looking through those rosters, the ones that make sense, Alabama, Dylan Lonergan, there was a previous relationship there. Mm-hmm. And then backup Michigan quarterback Jaden Denegal, who had who was very heavily recruited to Arkansas while uh, Loggins was there. So there's also a connection there. Just something to watch out for. Keep an eye on it. We'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk, Media Network, Phil Cornblue, Pat Daniel from our Columbia studios. we got time for more calls tonight. Phone number, 888-898-2525. And a reminder, we've got shows all this week. Nothing from a holiday standpoint. No show on Christmas Day, Monday, coming. So there's that. And no show on New Year's Day, the following Monday, since we don't have a team playing. Typically, we've had a team playing on New Year's Day. Don't have a team playing on New Year's Day. But our coverage of Clemson in Jacksonville will begin one week from today. We'll be in Jacksonville. We'll start reporting on the Tigers and follow them the rest of the week until they play at noon the next Friday in Jacksonville. 
South Carolina Winthrop underway. Slow start for both teams shooting the basketball. As they like to say in basketball, and I don't know why they say this, score the ball. I mean, okay, well, of course you want to score with the basketball. I hate when they say that. You know, he's really good at scoring the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, what the hell does that mean? The Gamecocks and the uh, Eagles, they're, neither one is very good at scoring the ball right now. The Gamecocks are one for five, and the Eagles are one for four. Make the Gamecocks one for six. So they are off to a sluggish shooting start. Now they've taken a 4-2 lead. South Carolina has they've taken a 4-2 lead. Uh, they're coming up on the under-16 timeout in that one. So we'll stay on top of that for you as we move through the rest of the show. And we're going to hear as well, we heard from Will Shipley. Of course, we're going to load up with Clemson interviews from their practice sessions since uh, last week. That's the only football we've got going on now. No more Furman. I shouldn't say that. Don't go on. I keep forgetting about Coastal. Uh, we will, of course, uh, be paying attention to Coastal out in, out in Hawaii. Uh, but I was going to say no more Furman, no more Shrine Bowl. But there is Coastal. They're so far removed, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Um, we will, we will, of course, be watching what's happening out in Hawaii with Coastal as well as uh, what's going on with Clemson. In a little bit, we're going to hear from the new offensive line coach at Clemson who also uh, met with the media and gave some insight about uh, his plans with the Tigers, Matt Luke. Uh, coming over from Ole Miss and what he thinks he can do with the uh, Clemson with the Clemson offensive line, which um, they got a bunch of guys coming back. They did they do lose the starting center. They did lose one to the transfer portal, John. They've got uh, they've got a good number of offensive linemen returning. And uh, in their recruiting class, they've got a couple uh, committed and they're hoping to add more with the kid who's been committed to Duke, who they had in for a visit the other day. And I guess that kid's going to go to tomorrow before he announces anything about what he's going to do. Clemson is sitting on 20 commitments at this point. So let's go ahead and do our recruiting report and give you a thorough review of where things stand and what else is coming up from a recruiting standpoint. Shall we do that? Let's do that. Go for it. Recruiting report here on Sports Talk, of course, is brought to you by Seawells. And we encourage you to get to Seawells for the daily luncheon buffet. But they're going to be closed starting when? So they will be closed starting, looks like, Friday. Friday, December 22nd. And they will be closed through January 2nd. So you will not be able to get your Seawells fix from Friday, this coming Friday, the 22nd of December, until Wednesday January 3rd. So highly recommend getting in there while you can. Tomorrow will be carved applewood smoked ham, southern fried chicken, and fried fish nuggets, which are outstanding. Mm-hmm. Thursday, celebrating roast beef Friday on a Thursday this week. So car- carved roasted sirloin of beef, southern fried chicken, and then baby back ribs. Fantastic. All sounds good. All sounds good. And for the very best in the catering business, just give the folks at Seawells a call. Let them do it all. That phone number is 803-771-7385, online at SeawellsCateringSC.com. Should mention, of course, USC women are playing. They're playing at Bowling Green, and they are off to a 15-7 to lead, and they are not even three minutes in to the opening quarter. They're up 15-7 to 
against the Falcons of uh, Bowling Green. All right, so before we talk about what's happening, let's just remind ourselves what's happened to this point with the recruiting classes. So Clemson, cornerbacks Tavoy Fagan, Ashton Hampton, Corian Gibson. Defensive ends Darian Mayo, Adam Kasai. Now, some of these guys committed so long ago you've forgotten about them. Uh, defensive tackles, Champ Thompson and Heaven Brown Schuler. Schuler and Thompson, they should give Clemson a combo inside that should be dynamic for years to come. Uh, Schuler, just looking at him on film and pictures, he looks like uh, he looks like another uh, name one of the big Clemson. He looks like another uh, another Davis in there, another another plugger. He's just, he's he's six four two ninety. Linebackers: Drew Woodass, Sammy Brown, C.J. Kuba Taylor. The uh, offensive line: offensive guard Ronan O'Connell. Offensive tackle Watson Young. So, little thin. Little thin on the OL. Again, they got a bunch coming back, but they they certainly wanted more. And if they get this kid who's been committed to Duke, that'll help. Place kicker Nolan Hauser, running back David Iziomumi, safeties Noah Dixon, Ricardo Jones, Joe Wilkinson, tight end Christian Bentonker, and receivers. They're very excited about these two: T.J. Moore and Bryant Wesco. These two are supposed to be a cut above with high school receivers. So fixing the receiver situation at Clemson, these two are supposed to be two that can do that. Moore averaged 25 yards a catch this season. 25 yards a catch. And Wesco is, like, highly regarded coming out of Texas. Are they both enrolling this spring? Do we know that yet? Usually, Clemson's high school kids enroll early. Where I'm going with that is, do you think that this may push some of the already at Clemson receivers? I know Bo Collins already entered the portal. I don't believe any other receivers have. Do we think that if these two guys come in and show out well this spring, we might see more defections from the Clemson wide receiver room? I mean, I would hope not. I would hope that, like, who, Antonio Williams? I would hope that he would stick. I wouldn't think he would. Certainly uh, um, Tyler, uh, Tyler, Brown. Tyler Brown, yeah. I mean, not, I would think those guys would stick it out. I mean, it's competition, but they got to have some depth in there. You sure. know, got to improve the depth. All right, now for South Carolina, we've got 26 newcomers for the Gamecocks. Braden Lee, cornerback. Now, you got to keep an eye on him because Maryland's made a strong push, and he's put out a couple of tweets about his signing tomorrow. He didn't say signing with South Carolina just that I'm signing. You know, typically you put on there who you're signing with, you know, blah, 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 go this, go that. He hadn't done that. So this will be one worth watching tomorrow, Braden Lee. Uh, Jalewis Solomon, another corner. He seems to be pretty solid. At one point it looked like maybe Florida State might get in there. Defensive ends, got to like these two. Dylan Stewart, number one. According to the analysts, number one high school defensive end in the country, and Kyle Kennard, transfer from Georgia Tech. And I wonder how much would South Carolina's defense be helped if they could convince Nick Harbor to play defensive end? Think about that. I don't know if they can do it. Would that be breaking a recruiting promise? He wants to stay in a receiver's body because of his track. 
instead of putting on all that weight and muscle to be a defensive end. So just think about that. How much would he help South Carolina? Would he help South Carolina more at defensive end than potentially at wide receiver? Defensive tackles, Jerome Simmons, DeAndre Jules, linebackers, William Gregory, highly thought of, and Fred Johnson. Offensive linemen, all three, highly coveted, Blake Franks, Cam Pringle, Josiah Thompson. Punter, place kicker, Mason Love. This guy kicked a 57-yard field goal in high school. Got to love that. That's really good. Quarterback Dante Reno. Seems like he's been committed to them for like five years. Uh, Running backs, Matthew Fuller, Oscar Attaway, Rocket Sanders, Jawarn Howell. Got to like that foursome. Got to like that foursome. Safeties, Kelvin Hunter, David Boosie, Gerald Kilgore. Tight ends, Michael Smith, highly thought of. Brady Hunt, highly thought of transfer. And then receivers, Mazio Bennett, highly thought of. Jared Brown, transfer. And Jaden McGowan, who committed publicly. You know our story about him last night. Got no response from him. Reached out to him two or three times, trying to nail it down. And that always makes me wonder. You know, if you're set with South Carolina, you could just come back and say, yeah, we're all good. Sign him with South Carolina. Well, not sign him, but set with South Carolina. Transfers don't sign. Um, so I wonder, this is, and I don't know when this, is he going to go public with something to say I'm doing this? Um, so this is this is one that bears watching. Also, I didn't mention Zymerian Lang listed as a wide receiver from Sarasota, Florida. So South Carolina insiders have been reporting last few days that South Carolina is not going to sign him. Mm. So I reached out to him, did not get a response. Again, that maybe that's another sign. The story that I've read about it is he wants to be a receiver in college. They want him to be a defensive back. They took him as a receiver slash defensive back. And I guess they must have told him, yeah, you can start out at receiver, give you a shot both ways, but maybe you got to look at numbers now. You got to think about the 85, and maybe they kind of felt like he wasn't going to cut it at receiver. He doesn't want to play defensive back, so they maybe just decided to go their separate ways. Where he's going, what he's going to do, I don't know, because he hasn't responded to uh, inquiries. So, But that's coming from insider reporters saying that South Carolina is not going to be signing him. So we'll see what happens there. Okay. All right. On to uh, other stuff. Now, I'll tell you what, let's hit the break and we'll come back with the rest of the stuff. I wanted to get that stuff done first. We'll come back and get into um, more, more stuff from today as we continue our pre signing day coverage here on sports talk. Let's update the basketball as well. South Carolina 11-7 over Winthrop at the under 12. Gamecocks have warmed to 31%. Winthrop only 2 of 9. That's 22%. Michi Johnson leads the Gamecocks with 4. And the women, South Carolina women, playing at Bowling Green. And in that game, the uh, USC women have a pretty substantial lead already. 
That score is, if I can find it here, <laughs> you keep playing the bumper over and over again, and I can't put my eyes on the score. Here you go. Here's a few more seconds. Uh, give me a few more seconds here, unless I sh- maybe I close the window. Uh, we'll find out and report back in a moment. <laughs> Avoiding excess financial stress from the holidays doesn't take a Christmas miracle. All it takes is a Christmas loan from Founders Federal Credit Union. Our Christmas loan is designed to ease your Yuletide expenses so you can focus on what matters most, spreading joy and love. With our great rates, flexible repayment options, and outstanding service, you'll be ready for whatever the holidays might throw your way. So instead of putting that unexpected sleigh repair on next year's wish list, visit foundersfcu.com slash Christmas loan to unwrap your own magic this Christmas. Relax with Founders Federal Credit Union. Terms and conditions apply. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership qualification required. George Bryant here for Tsunami Bar Sports. And some say the fun is in the winning. I say the fun is in the training. And Tsunami Robbie, what do you say? George, we all know you get more done when you're having fun. This technology is different. It's engaging, but it's also a lot of fun to use. Hi, this is Phil Kornblut. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any Tsunami Bar order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Hi, this is Lisa Hosteller-Brown. Do you know the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? The difference could easily save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in long-term care costs. Visit LawyerLisa.com to schedule a consultation today. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. Daddy, you need a trust. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. You found the women's score? I did. The Gamecocks currently lead the Falcons 28-18 to with about a minute and a half left in the first quarter. Looks like uh, Bree Hall is leading the way right now with nine points with uh, Chloe Kitts right behind her with seven points. And let's see here. Some team stats for you. The Gamecocks, oh my gosh. The Gamecocks are shooting 
an absurd 77% from the mm. field, 71% from three, and 100% from the line. So it's a, it's a pretty daggum good start offensively uh, for the Gamecocks. By the way, uh, we'll get back to recruiting in a second. Uh, the high school league today published the realignment Ooh. for 2024 through 2026. And... We'll touch on some of that here in just a moment. Um, and, of course, this would um, – this would – I'm assuming – got to read more. I'm assuming this takes in the new multiplier that they are assessing schools who, who, take, who take students, not just athletes, who take students – outside of their district. I saw this late in the afternoon when it came out, so I haven't had a chance to really digest it. I just have 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A, 1A. I've got the schools. The high school league put this out. I've got the schools that are in each of the class and their enrollment. For example, the largest 5A school in the latest enrollment figures is Dorman with 3,106. The smallest 5A school would be the 54th school, Catawba Ridge, with 1,319. So that's roughly a 2,000-student difference, um, a 17, about an 1,800-student difference between the largest and the smallest in 5A. 1,800 that's an entire school. That's another school at another level um, to have that kind of difference between the, the big and the small. And what you want, don't want to be is the smallest – you don't want to be the smallest school in a class um, because you just missed the cutoff for moving down to the next level where you could be more competitive. For example, Catawba Ridge is at 1,319 students, which makes them the last team in 5A, barring appeal. There will be appeals. The largest school in 4A – is North Augusta with 1,411 students. So I don't I guess because I don't know why uh, 1,362. And you've got Myrtle Beach with 1,362 is also in 5A, but those figures are less than some of the schools in 4A, so I don't understand why they're in fi- why they are in 5A unless they had to do it for balance or something. I don't know all the details. Anyway, let me get back into recruiting. We'll go over this coming up at the bottom of the hour. Got more to tell you about in recruiting. Uh, by the way, South Carolina Winthrop. I can give you that score: fifteen ten, Gamecocks at the eight forty seven mark. Winthrop won for their last eight. So uh, where we left off recruiting wise again, a uh, Clemson. Got commitments today from safety Joe Wilkinson, we talked about him, and linebacker C.J. Kuba-Taylor. So on to uh, other uh, ins and outs of the day. Recruiting-wise, we talked about the Malachi Nelson situation and what could happen here with him, possibly South Carolina. Uh, we we had the, the quotes from his dad earlier, Pete Nakos, of on three said the Nelson camp had heard from Tulane, TCU, South Carolina, Houston, and Cal. Nelson's a native of Los Alamitos, California. 
In his three-year high school career, he passed for 5,086 yards, 70 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Of course, this is happening because A.J. Swan pulled a U-turn and announced for LSU yesterday and not for South Carolina. Now, South Carolina had Texas transfer Malik Murphy in on Saturday in between stops at Duke and Oregon State. He was the backup to Quinn Ewers this season, started two games. So haven't heard anything more there. Uh, Former Arkansas quarterback K.J. Jefferson in the portal. It would seem like it would make sense with South Carolina because of his connections and the fact you had Trey Knox from Arkansas at South Carolina before, a previous uh, teammate, and you got Rocket Sanders, a more recent teammate, going to South Carolina. But apparently the Gamecocks are not in the mix. Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports reported that the Gamecocks won't be involved. Miami, UCF, and TCU are more likely possibilities. Uh, USC's QB coach, Dowell Loggins, may also have some interest in recent portal entrant Robbie Ashford of Auburn. And as we mentioned earlier tonight, might want to keep an eye on Dylan Lonergan. Should he enter the portal at Alabama? And the backup quarterback at uh, Michigan. What's his name again? Do you remember? It was. Uh, <laughs> I closed it out now. Uh, last name was Denegal. Yeah, that's good enough. Okay. Denegal, backup quarterback at Michigan. Because of the connections he might have had with them when they were at Arkansas. Jaden like Denegal. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. with Loggins recruiting him. Uh, we talked about uh, Jaden McGowan, that situation. As far as we know, um, still committed to South Carolina, but as we reported last night, Boston College, a factor as well, and won't know anything until he says something else. And mentioned that, uh, according to uh, the Big Spur uh, receiver, defensive back, Zymerian Lang, Sarasota, Florida, is not going to sign with South Carolina. USC commitment, Braden Lee, got to watch him tomorrow as he announces. TCU quarterback Chandler Morris, the son of the former Clemson OC and QB coach and current analyst Chad Morris. He's in the transfer portal, John. But I can't see Clemson doing anything with him. It'd make no sense for Chandler Morris to go to Clemson because because Klubnick's the is the guy. And Dabo Sweeney is not going to sway away from from Klubnick. Kate Klubnick's his man. So, from a Clemson standpoint, we're still watching Edric Houston, the tra- uh, the high school kid who's been committed to Ohio State, but Alabama might be uh, where he would flip, if not to Clemson, or he might stick with Ohio State, waiting on Mason Wade, been committed to Duke, and uh, Clemson or Duke for him. And, of course, the Tigers will get and sign Elijah Thurman tomorrow. He'll be going there, offensive lineman out of Hinesville, Georgia. So that'll be another offensive lineman for the Tigers. For the Gamecocks, watching um, – Daniel Hill, running back out of Mississippi still, and watching uh, to see what happens with Braden Lee and uh, Debron Gatling, or Debron Gatling, wide receiver, Alpharetta, Georgia. Uh, the the uh, Some of the national reporters are, uh, are pegging South Carolina for him. So keep an eye on that tomorrow. Be right back.
while you were gone, I think we updated some of our bumper music there. I think Josh got his hands on the like the it. bumper library. Widow good, updated Josh. Updated some things. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, uh, update basketball, then back to the rest of recruiting. So, South Carolina Winthrop, it's 27-19 Gamecocks, 424 to go in the opening half. 39% to 32% shooting. And anything else significant, rebounds uh, pretty even. Gamecocks being led by Michi Johnson. 0 for 3 from 3. He's got 8 points. The Gamecocks are only 3 of 11. They were against Charleston Southern in the second half where the Gamecocks won for 25. They, they had some abysmal outside shooting number against Charleston Southern. Uh, now they've opened up an eight-point lead. It's 27-19. Gamecocks starting to stretch this out a little bit. You got the uh, women's score? I do. They have also stretched out that lead. And although the Gamecocks have been shooting lights out tonight, they only, I say only, they had a 10-point lead after the first quarter. But let's take that a step further. They allowed 18 points in the first quarter to Bowling Green, who only averages 60-something points a, a game. So you got to think Coach Staley was not happy with that. Well, whatever she said worked, because now in the second quarter, they have outscored the Falcons 18-4, to now to take a commanding 46-22 to lead with just over four minutes left in the first half, and the Gamecocks are still just shooting at a ridiculous clip. Uh, overall, 72%, and then 70% from three, and 100% from the line. All right, very good. So, let me update some other, uh, other basketball real quick. How about this? Up in... South Bend, the Citadel 55, Notre Dame 39. Citadel 55, Notre Dame 39. This would be, without question, considering how things have gone for the Citadel of late, and this will make them 7-5 and five in basketball, This uh, they don't collapse here, be the biggest win for them in any sport since they beat the Gamecocks in football a few years ago, I would say. Because they really haven't done much in anything since then. 55-39 Citadel over Notre Dame. And Memphis, which looked good in beating Clemson, is leading Virginia at home 29-26. Ole Miss 19-11 over Troy. Furman 28-22 over Presbyterian. Western Carolina leading Vanderbilt 28-21. Western Carolina's good. Don't chuckle. Don't chuckle if they win that game in Nashville. They're good. Uh, Michigan leading Florida 30-29. to All right, there you go. You're up to date with uh, some of the major basketball scores of the night. Now back to recruiting because we got more for you as we get you ready for signing day tomorrow here on Sports Talk and on our website, sportstalksc.com, and on our Twitter at sportstalksc. And we're also going to talk more about the high school alignment coming up in just a moment. So I had a few other notes uh, from today to tell you about. So we talked about Debron Gatling of Alpharetta, Georgia. Plans to announce at 9 o'clock in the morning. He'll stream it on his Instagram. Helped his team win the 7A state championship in Georgia last weekend. He decommitted from Texas A&M December 11th. He made an official visit to USC the weekend of the Kentucky game. And the pointers seem to be pointing at South Carolina there. USC target. Texas Tech transfer offensive tackle Monroe Mills committed to Louisville, visited USC last weekend. So, you see, South Carolina's done some good things in the portal, John. They haven't really helped themselves on the offensive line, which 
quarterback, running back, offensive line, defensive end, those are all areas of need. A USC target, Texas A&M, defensive tackle transfer LT Overton committed to Alabama. USC offered 2025 offensive tackle Ata Matal, 6'5", 320, Milpitas, California. He also has Ole Miss, Eastern Michigan, Northern Colorado, Arkansas State, Maine, and Campbell. Did I say Clemson or USC offered him? Clemson offered him. Clemson offered 2025 offensive tackle Ata Mata, or maybe Matau, from Milpitas, California. USC offered 2026 receiver Jamel House Jr. from Newberry. He's 6'4", 180. Irmo running back Jaden Allen Hendricks committed to Oklahoma State. What in the world is Oklahoma State doing coming into this state and getting a prospect? Now, Jaden Allen Hendricks is a good-looking kid. I saw him at last uh, a couple weeks ago at the Touchstone Energy Bowl, and he had 60, 60 yards on like 10 carries. And he's got really good size, and he comes from a, a high-level football program. He's 6'2", 225. This past season, he rushed for 2,215 yards and 25 touchdowns. But he didn't get a sniff from the Gamecocks or the Tigers. His offers, Oklahoma State, Chattanooga, Richmond, Charlotte, South Carolina State, Wofford, Citadel, Bryant, North Carolina Central, North Carolina A&T. So I don't, I don't get this one as far as why he didn't get more. And he looked good in the All-Star game. But again, teams evaluate. They make their decisions. So he's going to go out and play at Oklahoma State. Uh, Travion Dunbar, the running back from Midland Valley, uh, tells us he is going to sign tomorrow. Just didn't say with whom. Mm. Yeah, or gave him, didn't give me a top three or anything. He just said he is. Let me go back and look at my note from him, tell you what he said. Um, we'll sign tomorrow, committing tomorrow, but doing a signing day thing when we go back to school. So he's going to do something with somebody tomorrow. Just don't know who he's going to do it with. All right, um, and let me just double-check here real quick, make sure there's not anything I've left left off the report uh, tonight because we've been so busy trying to piece things together here, piece things together there. So I want to double-check and make sure I haven't left anything out tonight before we wrap it up and move on to other things. And let's see, we did that one. We talked about that. Uh, Addison Nichols committing to Arkansas over Clemson. Told you about Daniel Hill. Yeah, I think we've covered everything that we've got uh, to this point. Oh, no, no. How did I miss this? Uh, former Clemson defensive end David Ojibi committed to Pitt. Okay, only stayed at Clemson for his freshman year, and he is going to transfer to uh, Pitt. Now I think we've covered everything that we've got uh, to this point. Now to the um, realignment. So, yeah, they did work in the multiplier for this year's uh, realignment that takes effect for next year, 24 through 26. So the multiplier, the three time, the three times for every student who comes in from outside your district uh, was applied. Looking at the story by Lou Bajak of the state. So Gray Collegiate and Christ Church impacted by this. Uh, Gray will move from 2A to 4A. 
Christ Church will move from 1A to 4A. That is a huge jump to go from 1A to 4A. Um, other schools moving up to 5A, Westwood, Irmo, Greenwood, and Lugoff Elgin. Gilbert, which was in 3A, moves up to 4A, along with Camden, Brooklyn, Casey, and Lower Richland. Other private or charter schools moving up classes, St. Joseph's, 1A to 3A, Oceanside from 2A to 3A, American Leadership in Lexington will start out in 3A, as will Mountain View Prep. And Class 5A has 54 schools. Lou Wright's likely to split by enrollment for all sports, leading to two state championships, according to the recommendations sent out by the Reclassification Realignment Committee. No region placements were given during um, the release and will be figured out after appeals regarding classifications. Regions will be comprised of six to eight teams unless an odd number prohibits the same. They will be as close to six or eight as possible. Schools have until January 9 to file an appeal, and the panel will hear any appeals January 17 through the 18th. Okay. There will be a classification organizational meeting in late January or early February, then region placements will be released. The classification executive committee will hear appeals regarding region placement February 6th through the 8th. Any other appeals will be heard by the executive committee on February 13th. The appellate panel will hear any further appeals on February 20th. Okay. So be a lot of appealing going on out there, ladies and gentlemen. So the biggest school in the state, Dorman, 3,106. The next largest is Carolina Forest at 2,800. Somerville, 2,623. Burns at 2,540. And Spring Valley, 2,502. And we told you, at the bottom in 5A, the 54th school is Catawba Ridge at 1,319. Though North Augusta has more students than numbers 53 and 54 in 5A. North Augusta shows 1,400 and 11 students. So I don't I don't know why they are 4A and those other two are 5A. I'm sure there's a reason, and I'm sure we'll, if I ask somebody, I could find out. North Augusta is the largest 4A at 1411. The smallest 4A is Lakewood at 892. Largest 3A is American Leadership Academy at 934. Georgetown's 933. The smallest, number 38, is Charleston Charter Math and Science with 672. I should mention there's 46 schools in 4A. There are 38 schools in 3A. In 2A, Lake City is your largest school at 655, one more than Strom Thurmond. The smallest 2A school is Abbeville at 379. You got 40 in 2A. And your largest 1A school is Latta at 396. Hmm. That academic and athletic Power industrial house. powerhouse. St. John's is next at 387. The smallest 1A school, the smallest school in the state playing athletics, the school for the deaf and blind with 39. But ahead of them... <laughs> Midlands STEM Institute with 63, 
Calhoun Falls Charter has 83. Hunter Connor Tyler has 112 students. So there you go. That is uh, that's how they break it down, and they'll be appealing. They'll be doing a lot of appeals here as this thing plays out. Um, before you do anything else, I want to go to Clemson's new offensive line coach, Matt Luke, made the move over from Ole Miss to um, take over the Clemson offensive line, replacing Thomas Austin. He's a veteran coach, and he's been a head coach, of course, and um, got this opportunity to come to Clemson. He jumped on it, and he talked about making that move uh, recently with the media up at Clemson when they had him in for a session. Here's Matt Luke. When you, you took the time off from, from Georgia, you know, time to kind of reset a little bit, at what point did you say to yourself, okay, maybe the itch is there and I'm ready to get back into it? Yeah, you know, that was a – it was a decision for me that was about was about family, and I just – I really enjoyed that time, but – also, too, with my kids and my wife, they they're a football family, and that you know, so the first year was was you know pretty good, but then you know we just started kind of getting that itch a little bit, and in my mind, I was just I just felt like it was it was time, like I really enjoyed the you know taking you know taking the kids to lunch and bringing them to weights in the morning and going to all their games. It was it was a great time, but at the same time, they you know they missed the locker room and they missed being on the field and going to bowl games and stuff like that. So we just all sat down as a family and felt like, you know, it was time. And then obviously when Dabo called, uh, I had always had, a, you know, unbelievable respect for the type of program that he ran. And uh, just from the outside looking in, the family and the, the faith and all, all those things, it all just kind of came together with the right timing and, um, you know, just a, a chance to be a part of a great program and, and do something special. During the season, it's you know families come on Wednesday nights for supper. And right. Coaches, if your kids have ball games, you can go. Don't be here all the time. Was that part of it? Was that part yeah, of it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's part of it. You want you want to go to a, a great program, and I think um, I think that's what makes this place special. And I'm again excited to be a part of that. What's uh, Beth Wolf from Fox yeah. Carolina and Greenville? Um, what should fans expect from you when, when they look down on that sideline and they see you? What can the fans expect? Uh, from your O-line and from you as a person. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think I've always been um, just a guy, you know, just we're going we're gonna to be O-line that's connected and um, we're, we're going to play together. And uh, I'm an emotional person, so we're, we're going to play We're gonna play with emotion and, uh, you know, play with toughness. This game's meant to be played a certain way, and uh, we're going to demand that we're, we play that way. And uh, But we got to just – it's been a, you know – a fast start. I'm trying to learn the plays and learn the guys. You know, Coach. You know, Dabo put the uh, the names on their helmets for me, so at least he helped me out right there. But uh, it, it's been a great start, and the bowl game gives me a jump start. The only way you build relationships is go out there on the grass and work together. And, uh, and we got a long way to go. But I told them that after practice, we we do have a long way to a long way to go, but we're going to do it together. And I think as long as we stick together, we play really really hard, play the game the way it's supposed to be played, we'll be fine. Offensive coordinator here as well, and Garrett Riley. Um, what have you already seen from him, and what did you? What part did he play in your excitement of coming to this program? Uh, about the offense and what he's done in his career already. Right, and, and that's a good thing. You know, 
for for me, I've kind of been in several different offenses. I've been in spread offenses. We've been in you know pro style. So just doing it, you know, unfortunately or unfortunately, as long as I have, that's why I got all this gray hair. Just you know, been in several different offenses. But he's very very innovative. Um, they, they call him, you know, they call him an air raid guy, but he's done the last four games what he needed to do to win football games with running the ball. So that that's impressed me is uh, how he is kind of molded and changed to to do what he needed to do to win football games. So I thought that was that was really good. Watch Fox out of Columbia. Just talk to Blake Miller out there with high praise for you and the energy that you bring here. Sorry, it's already been asked, but what's the response been like with um, the guys you're working with? I think I think they're hungry. They, I think they want to learn. They want to get better. And uh, you know, I, I can't ask them to bring energy if I don't bring the energy. And uh, and you know, I think the O line is uh, has always been a, a special group just because they they all stick together and they all they're all hungry. They want to get better. And uh, we're, we're, we're kind of the only group out there that doesn't have a stat. Like, our stat is the scoreboard. And uh, so I'm, I'm just excited to get to work. And, again, we got a long way to go. But, I, uh, again, we're going to stick together and we're going to put the work in. And uh, we kind of get a bonus time, you know, working up to this bowl game that we kind of get some extra practices to get to know each other. Right. How do those kind of mesh together? Yeah, I mean, I think you're, I think you're always looking for high school, and that that's the way this program has been built. Is you know you're taking a freshman, and you're building them, and and th- this is about like the complete person, you know, with the Paul journey and all the things that they do here that are special. But in this day and age, um, you know, if there is a guy that can come help us, especially if a guy that's transferring has got multiple years where we can develop him, that's even better. I don't think you're you know you're necessarily looking for a guy to come in and plug and play because we got good players, but anybody that we can come in and develop. I think that's what we're looking for. Matt, Mark Wyman from WIFF in Greenville. You mentioned some of the draw about coming to Clemson. When Coach Sweeney was in here earlier, he said that you told him this might have been one of the few jobs you would actually accept to get back into football. So I was wondering if you could just expand on those thoughts about why this felt like the right fit for you. Well, I again, the whole time I've been in coaching, um, we've, we've always competed against each other in recruiting. And just, I've always had a, a a tremendous amount of respect for what they've stood for here, and to now have an opportunity to come be a part of it is really, really cool. And I, I think um, this is a place where I think my family would be happy. Um, it's pretty close. It's in the south. It's where it's in my recruiting footprint where I've spent a lot of time, and uh, it's going to be around really, really good people. And we're going to have a chance to compete for national championships. So when you add all of it together, it was it was a no brainer. Tiger Illustrated, come in, you know, you've got uh, recruiting on the road, you've got this to, to pick up, but the transfer portal, how does that add a different layer to your responsibilities just within these first week or two? Yeah, I, you know, I think I think you got to really do a really good job of evaluating. Um, for me, the challenge is, okay, what do we have here? You know, I've only been on the grass with my guys twice. So what do we have here versus what are we looking for? And you all, it can't be, I mean, you got to see next year, but what about two years down the road, three years down the road? Like how are we building this thing and, and, and building your roster? And so I think that's the challenge for me is, okay, what do we have up front and then how are we going to build that roster moving forward? So but the biggest challenge is knowing what we have and then how are we going to fix it and get better? All right, comments from Matt Luke, new offensive line coach with the Clemson Tigers. We'll hear from Chris Rumpf for the first time in Jacksonville. They'd originally had him scheduled for 
a session while they were at Clemson, and then they rearranged that for him to speak when they get down to Jacksonville. So we'll have that covered for you next week here on Sports Talk. All right, um, the poll question of the week, and you know, Pat, you haven't commented on this. What I tried to do was incorporate more candidates for our question of the week, which is who was the most outstanding college football player in South Carolina for the 2023 season? You know, the the Twitter poll system only lets you put in four answers. So what I did was I attached the question two other times with different names, but they don't all – I think it allows you to vote in each one of the pages here of the poll question so it doesn't have an accumulated total. So it's like a playoff system. We'll take the winner from each of the four well, and pit them against each other next week? I think what I'm going to do, in all fairness, I'm going to take the top four and have a runoff. <laughs> Love it. Okay, that but makes have sense. A runoff. Top four out yeah. of all yeah. 16, not just got it. Okay. Exactly. So right now, Xavier get this, this foursome has attracted 1,277 votes. Leggett's got 57%. Uh, Rattler's got 30%. Shipley's got 10.9, and Debo Williams has got 1.7. Then the next page, 526 votes. You got Jeremiah Trotter at 52.3, Phil Moffa at 11.6. Oh, Grayson McCall at 24%, and Sam Pinckney at 12.2. Then the third sheet has 225 votes. Tyler Huff at 72.9. Dustin Noller, he's up to a 15.1. And Trey Stewart's at twelve percent. So as it stands right now, we would take, we would take Tyler Huff, we would take uh, Jeremiah Trotter, we would take Xavier Leggett, and we take Spencer Rattler, and we'd have a playoff. Everybody loves a playoff. So I notice you have eleven names, and there is one name that jumps out to me that is missing here that would have given you an even twelve. And I'm sure it was just an oversight, but Nate Wiggins. Feel like his name would have had to been put in there. Well, I didn't obviously, um, and somebody wrote about that at us, and I get that. But when you think about it, um, you know, he was in the doghouse there for a little while this year. He he sat, didn't he? They sit him for a couple of games, if I remember correctly. I think they sat him. I know he's a tremendous player, and he really played well down the stretch. But there was a period of time there where I don't think they were real happy with him, and he wasn't giving them a whole lot. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I'm right. If uh, I'm right, he, I'm right. He played in nine games. I, I, I don't want to misspeak. I, I thought I remembered he was injured, but maybe it was. No, it was doghouse because okay. I made that mistake too. I asked. I said injured or doghouse or, or, or coach's decision. I, if I remember correctly, it was it was coach's decision. Got it. Okay, well, that, that yeah. makes sense then. And yeah. then another one that's surprising, but to your point, if he, he may still end up being one of the top top three or top four but interesting to see, and I don't necessarily dispute it, but Xavier Leggett voted ahead of Spencer Rattler. I, I think you could have done either of those, kind of interchangeable. I mean, mm-hmm. without Rattler, would Leggett have been as good? Without Leggett, would mm-hmm. Rattler have had as good of a season? So I certainly yeah. see both sides. But both of those Gamecock players absolutely deserve it. And Jeremiah Trotter, So not that you asked, but my personal take on it would be uh, Rattler, Leggett, Trotter, and then I would put Wiggins. I think those would be my, my top four, but... I don't mean any disrespect to some of the the smaller school guys. I mean, Grayson McCall, just poor guy, had so many injuries this mm-hmm. year that just really set him back. Thrilled though to see what he can do next year up in Raleigh. I yeah. think that's a that's a tremendous landing spot for him. I think he's going to do really really well up there, and they're going to love having him. And then Tyler Huff, 
nothing but respect to that guy. I mean, he is just tough as nails. Watching that playout ga- playoff game out west against Montana, mm-hmm. playing in those frigid conditions, and I don't know if for any of our listeners or how many folks watched that game, but that completion he made, and I, I may be misspeaking here, it was either the end of regulation or that was in overtime. I think that was the end of regulation to send it to mm-hmm. overtime. Yeah. That touchdown pass he had on fourth down in the back of the end zone was just just absolutely just, just breathtaking. I mean, he was spectacular. All right, basketball, let me update it here before we uh, leave you over at the uh, Clean Life Arena. 33-28 at halftime. Winthrop's hanging in. I'm telling you, South Carolina, they're not playing all that great. I mean, they got a good-looking record, but they're not dominating teams. Women are probably killing uh, Bowling Green, safe to say. And uh, give that Citadel update, 65-45 El Cid, under a minute to go. They're going to win it. Have a great night. See you tomorrow.